Back in March, 23-year-old Jake Hopkins admitted himself into a hospital in London. But he wasn't sick. He was perfectly healthy. Jake walked through a maze of hallways to a quarantine ward, where he would spend the next 19 days in isolation under the careful supervision of researchers and hospital staff. Two days after his arrival, those researchers asked Jake to get ready. The experiment was about to begin. He kept an audio diary of that time. I'm excited to possibly be infected with coronavirus. Which, as mad as it sounds, um, yeah. So I'm really hoping that does happen later today. That day, Jake was among the first people in the world to be exposed to COVID for science. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, September 3rd. Coming up on the show, the story of Jake Hopkins and why he volunteered to get COVID. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Before the pandemic, Jake was a university student. Because of the pandemic, I came back home from uni and I started living in my family home again, which is like, you know, a hard adjustment for anybody once you've had your freedom for years and you come back to live in your family home. And I kind of wasn't doing anything in that time. You know, I got myself a part-time job in a supermarket, which uh, is fine. I enjoy it. I'm still there now. But like, I didn't really feel like I was doing anything significant anymore, which I hate that feeling of not being out, of not doing anything worth my time. Then last summer, Jake saw an ad calling for volunteers to join a scientific trial. The trial was being run by researchers from Imperial College London and a company called HVivo. They needed people willing to get infected with coronavirus so they could study how the virus affects the body and how the body fights back. This kind of study is called a human challenge trial. And these researchers had put up the ad. Well, I kind of just clicked onto it. Didn't really read much into it and just kind of put my name down almost instantly. It was like, yeah, this is, sounds interesting. Like, I want to be part of it, whatever. And you signed up for this. Did you have any idea what a human challenge trial was? None. None at all. I had no idea what human challenge trials were. So what was appealing about it? In my head, if this was going to be the thing that could potentially bring an end to this pandemic sooner, and if my being part of it could help towards that, then I wanted, I wanted to do that. I was just fully motivated to go ahead and be a part of this thing that could hopefully do some good. While Jake waited to hear if he got into the study, he tried to learn more about human challenge trials. And he came across a nonprofit group that's called One Day Sooner. It supports participants in COVID-related medical studies. From them, he learned more about the process. And he also found a community of people who were interested in these human challenge trials. 
but it's also kind of created a friendship group of like-minded people you know having a group of people that like know what you're going through and know it well is like a really good support group to have there next to you so it's a really brilliant community to be a part of going through this and did it help you get excited to be part of it oh massively yeah I got so excited. I think it's because we're all excited for these trials. So like, you know, you get excited, then they're excited too. And you kind of build each other up like massively so. So you're like a group of people getting excited to be injected with coronavirus. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) This one virus we've all been told to avoid for like, you know, over a year now. And we are here getting excited for it. We've collectively sort of normalized the idea of being infected with coronavirus directly sort of thing like that. It's just been so normal to me now for so long that, like, um, you know, it never really crossed. I kind of forgot how weird it was. Because human challenge trials involve deliberately infecting people with an illness, they can be controversial. But they've been around a long time. Human challenge trials have been done on everything from the common cold to syphilis to cholera, influenza. They have a long history, not always a happy history. That's our colleague Jenny Strasberg, and she says that history dates back to the late 1700s. Then, English physician Edward Jenner developed the world's first vaccine. And to do so, he exposed children and adults to smallpox. But those trial participants didn't always know they were being exposed to the virus. And those lessons of the past inform how these trials are conducted today. I think at a high level, The ethical concerns are, do people know the risks that they're taking by signing up for them? Are you telling people the risks involved? Are you giving them an opportunity for treatment? Are you giving them an opportunity to pull out of a trial? Modern human challenge trials require lots of ethical reviews and regulatory scrutiny. But even so, risks remain. The ethical concerns for COVID-19 challenge study include There's no proven treatment. There's just not something that's kind of guaranteed to work if you fall seriously ill. The human challenge trial Jake volunteered for worked within government ethics guidelines. It recruited volunteers between the ages of 18 to 30 because people of that age range generally have milder symptoms if they get COVID. They have to go through an extensive battery of physical tests and psychological screenings to make sure they know what they're getting into. The researchers can't guarantee that they'll come out all right, right? I mean, the risks are low for a 20-year-old healthy person, but there still are risks. Jake said he knew these risks and accepted them. And so in March, he was one of three volunteers who entered quarantine at that hospital in London. Jake was recording audio diaries of his time in isolation. And a couple days in, he was feeling anxious. I just don't want to get my hopes up because it did say that you could be sent home as late as 10 minutes before the actual inoculation. I had a really weird dream that I went into witness protection with Molly Weasley from Harry Potter. Um, (laughs) So I have no idea what that means, but um, clearly... The stress of Sunday just played into my dreams, and that's what came up. But then, later that morning... One of the, one of the doctors even just came in and uh, just explained to me that 
I'm going to be a part of the trial. I'm really excited and happy and so, so relieved. Um, I've been preparing for this for so long and, like, to be at this point where I'm about to be infected with coronavirus is just insanity, absolute insanity. Um, So, yeah, I can't wait. Really can't wait. That afternoon, researchers, clad in full-body protective gear, walked into Jake's quarantine room. They were ready to infect him with coronavirus. Jake recalled the experience in an interview. I remember them buzzing through the intercom into the room, being like, OK, we're here now, you know, get into position, sort of thing like that. Hello, sweet and Do you remember what you ordered for lunch? I don't, know. <laughs> You have to lie in the back of your bed with your head over and just lying there and then seeing, like, from upside down, these, like, horde of people, there's, like, five of them in, like, these massive, like, respirator masks, like, you know, big hoods with ventilators on them and all that sort of stuff like that, uh, kind of walking towards me and then wheeling in this trolley with, like, a red biohazard box on it, which contained the COVID. What's the temperature? And then you lie there and they count down from 20... The countdown really gets your heart going because it's like, you know, the rocket launch sort of thing like that. It's like, Jesus, like, like 20, 19, 18, like your heart starts going like that sort of thing like that. Then they drop the solution with like just this huge pipette. They just drop the solution up each nostril. You kind of feel a bit silly because like, you have to like lie there for 10 minutes to make sure you don't sit up and it, you know, falls out your nose. That night, Jake reflected on the experience. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was it. Um, I've now been infected with coronavirus directly as a part of this study. Um, <laughs> wow, God, to actually be here is just and saying this and not even just saying it, but actually having it done. <laughs> Ah, oh, it's such a good feeling. I'm actually part of this trial, and turns out coronavirus tastes a little sweet. I don't know what they mixed it with in the syringe, but it had quite a nice taste to it. Yeah, I'm really, really glad to be here and to have COVID. Like, this is it. This is where the real, real quarantine starts. And it wasn't long after being exposed to coronavirus that Jake felt his first symptoms. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by AARP. They have reskilling courses and career tools to help your income live as long as you do. The younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash skills. Four days after getting infected, 
Jake started having symptoms. So actually, it's Friday the 12th now. It's like um, just gone midnight. Um, and yeah, I am... Oh, I don't know if you can tell, but like I have got the biggest chills on right now. Um, yeah, I feel freezing. It's about half ten on Friday, the 12th of March, and um, yeah, today's a weird day. I think today's the first day where I've actually had what feels like symptoms, I guess, of COVID. Um, nothing major. I just feel really cold all the time, and I could leave the room I'm in, and um, kind of a stuffy nose and a bit of a tickly cough. This is my fourth day since I was inoculated with a virus, so it would make sense that symptoms are starting to show up now. Um, but yeah, over the past few days I felt completely fine. And today is the first day where I feel a bit off, really. As part of the trial, doctors gave infected participants the antiviral drug remdesivir through an IV. So yeah, like it's kind of put in your arm. It's really uncomfortable. You know, it's not excruciatingly painful, it's just uncomfortable and it's a weird feeling to have it in your arm there all the time and it makes sleeping quite uncomfortable because if you roll over onto it, you knock it, that can hurt. Jake told us that getting sick from COVID made him realize the gravity of what he'd gotten himself into. I've actually got this virus now that has been hospitalizing and, you know, it's actually killing a lot of people sort of thing about it. So it's a bit like, geez, like, I, I'm like, you know, this is this is real life. I don't think I actually, I think naively, I didn't actually realize what I was doing until I got ill. It's kind of like, you know, ignorance bliss sort of thing moment until you actually get it. And did you, at that moment, have any regrets? I mean, I certainly didn't like being ill, <laughs> but like in a way, it kind of like reaffirmed why I did it because it was like, wow, this is what it's like for me being, you know, young in hospital. And like, if this is like what it's like for me, all those people out there who just have to deal with it at home or who are older and more vulnerable, like it must be 10 times as bad. This is something that can stop that. If me suffering for a few days brings that, then, you know, bring it. As a young, healthy person with access to constant medical attention, Jake's symptoms were pretty mild, and he recovered quickly. The day after his most severe symptoms began, he reported in his audio diary that they went away. I feel much better today as well than I did yesterday. Um, any symptoms I had have gone. You know, chills have gone, temperatures have gone, my vitals are back to normal. Um, yeah, I'm feeling much, much, much better. So even though I did start to feel symptoms... They have come and gone. Despite feeling better, Jake still had nearly two more weeks to go in the hospital. While he recovered, researchers kept a close eye on his vitals and asked him to record any symptoms. I don't have any, so I take no. And then it's just the standard, you know, vitals checks four times a day, blood tests, smell tests, um, ECG, nasal wicks, nasal swabs, throat swabs, all the works that come with being part of this challenge trial. Jake also had to do cognitive tests on a tablet. Very much like Brain Trainer, the old game on the DS. Like you, it's just on the app, unless there's a little games like that, and you have to do that. 
Which is really f- weird and frustrating to do so early in the morning because, like, your mind hasn't woken up at all yet, and yet you're having to do this really lengthy cognitive test game, which, God, my results are awful. I don't mind, I've got a brain age of, like, an 80-year-old after <laughs> all this. As his time at the hospital was coming to an end, Jake felt wistful. Time is still flying by. Um, it's a week today till I go home. <sighs> Which I think is just down to, like, you know, I think the speed of it is just down to, like, me getting used to the tests, you know, the excitement of everything being run new has gone. Um, and, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's it's a shame that it's going so quick because I really enjoy it and I want to savour these moments. And I feel like another week could really help me do that. <laughs> I don't know, asking for another week in isolation with COVID isn't a weird thing to do, but, you know, like, because it's such a big thing I'm a part of. Um, it's a huge thing I'm a part of. And it's been my main focus now for so long. So it's like, after I'm done with this, and after my part is played, what will I do? Like, you know, who am I? That sort of feeling, you know? Um it's been nice to have this distraction almost throughout all this, and it's going to be a shame to have it gone once it's finished. After 19 days in quarantine and after testing COVID negative twice, Jake was released. He headed home. As I left the room, basically everybody just clapped as we walked out. Um, all the nurses came, because I was the last one there, I was the last one to leave. Uh, yeah, it was just such a crazy, surreal experience. Jake told us that leaving the trial and resuming normal life was really hard at first. You know, it wasn't great being in the hospital for that long, but, like, it was just being part of this thing that was so monumental to be part of and you felt like you were doing something really worthwhile. Um, and, yeah, I didn't like the thought of that coming to an end. And I didn't, when I first, when I actually left the trial, for a good few days after, I felt quite sad. You'd think, you know, I'd be excited to get my freedom back and I'd be glad to be out. But I was like, kind of sat there a bit slumped, like, like, I'm not actually in this anymore. And like, it's a bit hard to adjust back to normal. But I did. I did get back to normal eventually. The results of the study haven't been released yet. So Jake doesn't know exactly how he has contributed to the fight against COVID but he's already put his hand up to join other studies. It's the way Jake is dealing with the global pandemic. I remember, you know, you'd see all these people like, you know, influencers or friends, whatever, online, like talking about how like, what they're doing to better themselves in lockdown and how like they're changing themselves. And I'm thinking like, I've really, I'm really not doing anything. Like I've got all this time at home and I'm not doing anything with it. And so I think like what I take from it is, Regardless of the impact it can have on great society from results from it, I think personally the impact for me is like when I look back on what I did with my time in lockdown during the COVID pandemic years, decades from now, I could be like quite proud of the, the stamp I made and be like, yeah, that is what I spent my time doing and what, that is what I spent my time working on. That's all for today, Friday, September 3rd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. 
Your hosts are Ryan Knudsen and me, Kate Limewa. The show is produced by Priscilla Alabi, Catherine Brewer, Gerard Cole, Pia Gadkari, Martin Kessler, Brendan Klinkenberg, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Ricky Nevetsky, Enrique Perez de la Rosa, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Matthew Sherman, Matthew Schiltz, and Annie Rose Strasser. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner, Nathan Singapak, and Sam Baer. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Peter Leonard, Billy Libby, Bobby Lord, Emma Munger, Nathan Singapak, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pazolka. Thanks for listening. We're off on Monday for Labor Day. See you Tuesday.